Jake Sewers, I'm your host, and with me I have my co-sports editor, Scott Prero. Scotty, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. How about you? Um, not too bad. We got some ISU baseball to talk about, um, some softball also, as well as some other topics, uh, including, you know, a big transfer for men's basketball. Should we talk about that first real quick? Yeah, that's probably a good idea. I think that's the most pressing thing right now. So yesterday, ISU lost... The second of its top three leading scorers to the transfer portal, uh, Josiah Strong, entered it. He's now the fourth Redbird, um, which honestly I thought more players were going to transfer by this point. I saw a lot of people saying that too, and it, it is kind of shocking. Um, but, you know, Austin Andrews, Abdu Endai, and Antonio Reeves all transferred before him, and now he's gone. He's been a very consistent player. I didn't actually realize this until I was whipping up the article last night about him leaving. Uh, he put up exactly 11.5 points per game in the last two seasons. Um, he also he also led the Valley in three-point field goal percentage, which at the time of the conference tournament, I know he didn't. He was second to someone. So I guess he moved up in the conference tournament. Yeah, it must have been. But uh, that's a huge loss for ISU. That's... He was going to be your main guard after Antonio Reeves left. I mean, maybe Howard Fleming, but I'd still guess him with having more experience, being older, um, he would have taken that lead guard spot. Yeah, I just don't know who the guard is going to be that can take over games for them. Like they, I mean, Howard Fleming had a great end of the season, but I don't know that he's a player that can take over offensively. I mean, you have side chat if that's in the post. So I don't, like I said, I don't know who's going to take over that guard position. Maybe Mark Freeman. But Maybe. Uh, I mean, Mark Freeman has potential because he did put up 17 points a game before he came to ISU. So maybe, I don't know, I could see Peden maybe changing the offense to make him more of a scorer again instead of being the off-ball guy that Muller wanted them to be. Yeah. Um, I it, it is The guard position is now a, kind of a concern. Because, um, I mean, your top two guards are point guards and Howard Mark Fleming and Mark and Freeman. Fleming. So you're going to see probably one of those guys play out of position this year. I'd imagine they'd move Howie over to shooting guard. Well, I mean, he'll still get some point guard minutes, obviously, but I think we'll probably see him more of a shooting guard next year. I would assume they'd bring some people in in the transfer program. I hope so. Or I, I think they would bring someone in. I haven't heard, like, barely anything, though. But, I've heard, I mean, like right now you're looking Freeman, Fleming, then you go big, go Liam McChesney, Kendall Lewis, and Cy Chapman all in your starting lineup. I mean, you could that'd do be that. a massive starting lineup. That would be a six ten, six eight, and it, it could. I could see it working potentially. Kendall Lewis is, I I always say mid game. He should only be shooting one three pointer a game, but he's got a okay mid range shot. He could good defender. Ah, yeah, he is a good. He's a great defender. That's, that is a big lineup. But then, like, outside of them, you have Ryan Schmidt got minutes. Malcolm Miller got some minutes. Bruno uh, Sissoko yeah, got yeah. Uh, some minutes every once in a while. Amon Washington every once in a while. You have, like, eight guys with experience who have actually played in this past season on the entire roster. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly a little concerned past Freeman Chapman, Fleming, McChesney, and Lewis. 
Uh, no, I'd throw Ryan Schmidt in that category because he's got the experience. I think. He, yeah, they got experience, but then you got really like other guys with minimal experience or like non not important like game time experience. Yeah. I I don't know. It's a little concerning. They have lost four players, so I, they're obviously going to fill that in. Um, something I thought was interesting about Strong leaving is now he's going to be on his fourth college. That is kind of crazy. Uh-huh, because he went to Navy his freshman year, then he transferred to junior college Iowa Western, and then obviously you know, he graduated from Iowa Western, moved on to ISU. And now he's going to move on to somewhere else. I saw during our meeting, though, um, that he's got a decent little amount of people, uh, our schools, interested. Some good names, too. I saw Iowa State was on there. Um, I can't find this tweet now. There was another. Minnesota was on there. That's another one. Um, Buffalo is another one that rings a bell to me. Uh, but he had some decent interest overall. He's a good shooter. He's a he's a decent defender. Nothing too crazy, but I mean he's got a lot of potential. But then, like going back to that roster, I was looking at it. Mark Freeman, senior. Cy Chapman, redshirt senior. Howard mm-hmm. Fleming's a junior, so he'll only have one more after this year. Lee McChesney, redshirt junior, he'll have one more. Kendall Lewis is a senior, so I mean, it's a couple years from now. This roster is going to be completely turned over. Which, honestly, if you're Peden, do you want to see more roster turnover than you have right now? Because you're already going to have a lot with your losing. Like you just said, you have a bunch of players that don't have that much time left, that much more eligibility. Do you almost want to restart your team right now so you can kind of have a head start in the rebuild? Yeah. I mean, it's not the same as like a professional league where it's a team tanking for draft picks or anything, but they could like just start a rebuild now. I mean... Who knows? I don't know. How do you make players transfer, though? You can't really. Um, I feel like I had one more thing to say, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah, I don't. It'll be interesting to see what Peden does with this whole thing. It, yeah. Uh, it's going to be an interesting roster next year, an interesting team for sure. Um, yeah, not too much more to say. I think, uh, you know, Peden's got some work ahead of him, and the roster is a bit concerning, but, you know, Peden's programs have ranked top 25 in offense efficiency like the last five years so i think he'll be able to find something to work with for sure um moving on baseball had a huge win last night 10 to 1 against illinois state or excuse me against illinois colin wyman went five scoreless innings picked up the win um and i see bats were just on fire luke chang had four rbis and a handful of great defensive plays he's i don't know how I feel about Luke Chang overall because last year he was really hit or miss. That's something that I think people might not notice that much because he's got a bunch of great plays, but he also went through a stretch last year where he had a bunch of really like error-laden games at shortstop. But with that being said, I think I don't know. I'm starting to look at him as a potential player teams might be interested in draft, drafting in a couple of years. They have a few guys on that team. I mean, Luke Chang, like you said, two for four with four RBIs. And then you have Jake McCall went three for five with an RBI. Mm-hmm. Ryan Saramac, who I think is probably the best, the best prospect on the team, mm-hmm, two hits, sure. uh, an RBI, a run. I mean, he Ryan Saramac is a stud. I mean, there's no other way. Ryan Saramac's for sure going to be drafted. 
Either if not this year, I'm not sure what his eligibility is like. Um, I think he can be drafted after this year. He is for sure gonna get drafted though. He is a stud defensively. He's really started to, um, you know, f- make a presence at the plate that. It was there last year, but he's really starting to to make it known that he's a top of the lineup hitter. He can bat in that two spot. He could probably bat in that four spot if you need him. That um, that home run he had against Indiana State—that's one of the farthest oh, home runs I've seen this that. year. He just—it was he bat flipped and everything, and mm-hmm. that ball like it cleared the trees in left field, and I. That's the farthest home run I've seen all year for me. But I don't know if you've ever been to that stadium in Terre Haute, but those trees are not really that close to the fence. And he he pretty much cleared the trees, didn't he? Yeah, it, I'm pretty sure it cleared the trees or hit the top of them. That's a massive home because those trees are like a cool 20, I want to say 20 feet behind the fence. Yeah. He, yeah, and I've seen articles recently talking about how He's probably one of the highest um, rated outfielders. That's what I've been seeing lately. Or yeah, like the highest. Uh, his hype's growing the most. Yeah. I, I, that's not how I want Quickest growing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I'm not really surprised after last year. He won an NBC Defensive Player of the Year in his freshman season. Not really his freshman season because it was really a sophomore season because of yeah. you know, the COVID year. Um. He led the team in home runs and RBIs last year. Um, you know, he had a two eighty five batting average, and he's, which is already solid. But this year, he's lifted a three sixty four. He, he's going to be a problem. And um, I actually wanted to talk about the Indiana State series. You know, they lost the series. Do you think that's a concerning sign for ISU, considering that's one of the teams that? It's probably considered above them in the conference. I, I think it's early in the season. I mean, the I think the most concerning thing for ISU at this point is the inconsistency offensively because while they do have big games, they also have really bad games mm-hmm. offensively too, and you saw that in that series. They scored 12 runs, and they had like two runs the very next game. So I think that would be the bigger concern. I, I think it's too early in the season. I know we're 22 games in, but I think there's a lot of baseball left to be played, and mm-hmm. I think they can recover from that. Yeah, they've only had one, one conference series. And I think the most concerning thing to me about that series, though, was game one. They lost four to two, but they out hit Indiana State eleven to five. So they left a whole bunch of people on base. And uh, I mean, it's great when you can get them on base, but you have to be able to get them to come around to score. Definitely. Um, but I thought there were good signs in that series. Indiana State historically has a great pitching staff. Um. And they were able to put up 11 hits, like we said. Weren't able to come around and score. Then game two, they put up 12 runs. Um, game three, they, they were kind of shut down offensively. Only five hits, two runs. The pitching this season, though, I mean. It's been proved for sure. The Indiana State only scored four, two, and five in that series. They held Illinois to one. Um, they don't. They haven't allowed double-digit runs this year, I don't believe, which is. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Most it looks like they've allowed is eight. Mm-hmm. Nine, no, they did allow nine the first game of the doubleheader in Purdue, but outside of that, eight is their highest. So I mean, the pitching's looked really good. I mean, like I said, I think the hitting's just got to get a little more consistent. They can find some success here. Got a game in Macomb today, and then a series against Kansas in Kansas. 
And really, um, I I could see the hitting picking up very soon as it gets warmer. Uh, you know, conditions become more ideal to plan. You know, plus they get more reps as the season goes on. Um, but I feel like this is like pretty standard around the mid majors where it's hard to get offense going at first, and then once you like start to get into that conference season, it picks up a little bit. Because I mean, the entire conference season is still ahead of ISU. Oh yeah. And, I mean, they've got Western Illinois, a three-game series in Kansas, and then they play Illinois again, and it's pretty much... Conference, not conference Besides conference, a, a couple handful of weekday games, it's pretty much all conference from there. Um, which I think once they get deeper in the conference schedule and you see how they're doing, then you'll get an actual idea of how good ISU baseball is. Like when they host Dallas Baptist... April yeah, 29th, 30th, f- and May 1st. That would be it's a great be a series. Fun series. And then, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. They have a lot of the season ahead of them, a lot of conference play ahead of them. We'll, we'll, I don't think we've seen enough of their action yet to judge them completely. Uh, let's move on to softball. Um, they're 13-17 on the season so far. Um, kind of just haven't been able to find their footing, I would say. Yeah, they once again, they're kind of inconsistent. Like, mm-hmm. This doubleheader yesterday, they won the first game eight nothing, and then lost the next game thirteen to nothing. So, same thing. A little, I think they're a little consistent. Um, they have some great players on the team. I mean, Riley Gardner was batting like three eighty or something like that up to this point. So, they they have a lot of potential this year. I think they're the same way. I think conference play is really starting to get going now. So we're going to see a little bit more of what they're capable of coming up here. Mm-hmm. And. Uh you know, they play that midweek matchup with Drake, like you said, that was rescheduled from a couple weekends ago. But when they did start Valley play, they, they got off with a win. Um, interestingly enough, they won two out of three games, both five to three against Indiana State this past weekend, lost one five to four. I mean, so that's we put up five, four and five. That's consistent right yeah. there. But then you turn around Drake, you put up eight shut them out, and then you get shut up while giving up 13. That's – I just don't know, like, ooh, what to make of them with that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, they've had some good games. They lost a series to Missouri State to Open Valley play, but you look at one of them, they lose. Both of them, I think, were walk-offs. Yeah, I think you're right. Um in the yeah, I think the first one was a walk off in eleven innings. Mm-hmm. The second one, I want to say, was a walk off just in the seventh inning. Mm-hmm. Those fifth, are both yeah. two very close games. The one game they did win, they won by a lot, eleven to two. Yeah, in the one game they were up one nothing going into the final inning, they lost, allowing two runs in the seventh. So I mean, that was a winnable game for sure. You know, I think they'll end up okay. They're four and four at conference right now, and I don't really take uh, um their tournament season into account that much because it's they're going all over the place they're playing a bunch of just random opponents honestly um i think isu softball can end up in the top three in the valley again definitely i think they can they just have to find their footing here when conference play really starts getting going here over the next couple weeks yeah i don't have too much worry about softball you got anything else no i think we're good um other news, I probably should have brought this up earlier, but Kenzie Bowers announced today. It was today, correct? Yeah, it was today. Yeah. It was this morning, probably around 10 o'clock this morning, 9.30 this morning. I mean, that just 
That was a big blow because I thought she was going to be a big part of this yeah. team coming up. I thought she would be a big scoring option for him, but only a freshman. That's unfortunate to see her leave so quickly before she can really get that significant playing time. She came off the bench this past year, but she made some big plays. I mean, defensively, she hustled probably more than anybody else on the court, and uh, she got some rebounds. I think I talked about this in one of the previous podcasts. She got some rebounds that, like, when it happened, I was like, how? I don't know how she did it at all. It, but like I said, I mean, that's a big loss. Losing Redmond, you're losing uh, Kale Newland, left Kudelko left for all for graduation, and now you have Kenzie Bowers leaving. So we'll have to see what uh, Gillespie can do with uh, her team this coming year. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as she doesn't leave. Yeah, I would hope I hope not. But if they continue to have success, I wouldn't be surprised if she's gone here quickly. Yeah, I just say that because, you know, they, she signed the extension just like uh, Johnson did. Yeah. Um, not too much more else. MLB opening day here in a couple of days. You're going, right? I am going coach. to Cubs Brewers opening day. Yep. Is that tomorrow? That is tomorrow. I'm leaving my brothers later tonight, and then going to opening day should be a good time. Hopefully, they don't get shut out. I think they're going up against the reigning Cy Young, so we'll see how that goes. But should be a good time. Yeah. Um. Cubs are probably going to be bad this year. I hate to break it to you. Oh, yeah, I, I, I know. I mean, they made some moves. Here's my prediction for the Cubs. I'm not a Cubs fan at all. The opposite, actually. Um, but I feel like they're going to start off to look like you're, they're going to be like, oh, they could mess around sneak into the wild card. And then you get to, like, June, July, and you're like, oh, this team is actually thin in some positions. Because, I mean, they, they made some solid moves. Yeah. Like, Getting Marcus Stroman was a great move. I was really, really mad about that because I wanted the Cardinals to sign him. Um, and yeah. then the, I can't think of his name. Suzuki, the yeah, center see, fielder. I'm, I'm pretty high on Tia Suzuki. I, I like him a lot. I He's a not a sleeper, but I feel like most people don't think of him as a rookie. So I, I, I like I'll put him up there in the rookie of the year category. Right oh, now. I think he's definitely going to be up there. He's 27, 28 years old, probably been in – uh, I want to say it was Japan this entire time. Mm-hmm. Or, but, KBO, maybe? Yeah. Um, yeah, but a couple ISU players on big league rosters this year. Paul DeYoung has been on there since 2017 for the Cardinals. He will uh, stay. He had a great spring, batted 455, a handful of home runs. Um, really big improvements that he definitely – arguably needed to show after having a down year and losing a bunch of playing time to Edmundo Sosa. Um, so it's good to see an ISU alum have a great spring. Hopefully he can keep that up. And then the other ISU alumni to make a roster was Owen Miller for the Cleveland um, Guardians. He, I would expect him, honestly, to take over at second base at some point. Yeah. If he can keep up the hot spring he had, he tied for the lead in home runs. He... Technically, led in batting average, I think he was like two at-bats away from technically qualifying, though, so he's not listed on there, but I, whatever, it's spring training, he's two at-bats. Yeah. Um, then, there's a player who, when he got drafted, I was surprised he got drafted, but it's already moved up to the AAA level. Um, he's drafted in 2019, that's Jeff Lindgren for the Marlins, he's already at AAA... Uh, where's their AAA team? Monroe, Louisiana Monroe, something like that. That sounds right. Um, I 
honestly, like I said, really surprised me how quickly he's moved up. I could see him being in the majors within the next season or two. Yeah. Um, he's he's on the older side. He's 25, so maybe that's why he's moved up so quickly. But he's been the quickest player to move up in that 2019 draft class, which included uh, John Rave and Brett Heydrich, as long as Joe Lyles, who, interestingly enough, won Missouri Valley Player of the Year, spent two years in the minors, played actually fairly well, and then retired. Interesting. I wonder if he's back with ISU, actually, as an assistant coach, a graduate assistant coach, something like that. I wonder if he had, a, like, an injury that forced him to retire. That would that would make a lot of sense. It yeah. seems weird that he would just retire just like that. I, I mean, he batted, like, 314 or something, I want to say, because I was looking up to make sure he was still in the league when I was doing that article the other day. It, it was real weird to me. Yeah, he sure. raked low-key, and I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, Yeah, that's all we got for you this week. Be sure to follow along all things ISU Sports at thevidetteonline.com. Follow our Twitter at the underscore vidette. Follow our sports count at vidette underscore sports. And remember, stay hot, birds.